Nation, what is going on? Welcome to another episode of the Hawks Fan TV Podcast. I'm your host, Mac, joined by my co-host, Alex. And we are so excited to bring you another episode of the podcast this week and hope you guys have been staying happy and healthy out there. And I would guess you guys probably have. Things have turned a little more of a positive turn for the Hawks here recently as we won two of our last three games. And, you know, there's there's been a lot of things to like over the last few games. So I I, I hope the Hawks are making that turn. We certainly are a really, very talented roster. Our record was not indicating how talented of a team we actually were. So I'm, I'm glad to see that turn. And I mean, Alex, I, I got to guess, man, you got to be feeling quite the same, right? Yeah, I mean, hey, um, obviously we we had a really rough stretch, right, where we lost like six out of our seven games or seven out of our last eight games. But hey, in, in, in the last three games, right, you're only as good as your last game. You know, we won two out of three, like you said, in the pregame uh, just before we hit record. So, yeah, I mean. Um, you know, Trey's really playing at an elite level. Uh, we got, you know, two out of our three last wins. And, you know, hopefully we can slowly turn the season around and get back to 500 before the new year. I love it, man. I love it. I love it. So, yeah, no, we'll just uh, we'll break down that Pistons game real quick last night. I think that was, uh, again, a lot of things to like from that game. One, most notably, we we had the day one starters out there. So it was just nice to see a full, not a fully healthy lineup because I know Bogey was out, but at least the starters were out there. Obviously, missing Jalen Bogey still, still, you know, mattered. But the starting five from the first game of the season was the starting five last night. So that 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 felt good. Um, you know, DeAndre Hunter had a, had a quick start of the game. He hit, you know, the first six points for us, two threes. He actually hit um, six threes in total, I believe. No, five threes in total, excuse me, um, which just, you know, didn't expect to see that out of DeAndre, but that, that was awesome. You know, had DeJounte Murray hitting threes in the first quarter and kind of stayed hot for the rest of the game, both of them. Finished with 21 and 20 points, respectively. Um, you know, I mean, Garrison Matthews was playing gritty in the first. I liked the first quarter a lot, man. It, it was, it was, you know, I honestly, <laughs> my fiance is giving me crap. She's like, we're gonna end up losing this game. I was like, no, no, no. That was that was a solid first quarter. I was like, trust me, this, this, this is a this this looks like more of a complete Hawks team than we've seen um maybe, maybe in the last couple of weeks, as as you were kind of getting at there. Um, but no, man, I, I, I liked, I liked what I saw in the, the first half, especially we, we even got a Seth Lundy sighting, which, you know, I mean, he, he didn't play terrible, but you know, he looked a little lost at one point. I know, uh, Bojan Bogdanovic, uh, drew a foul on him and I won't say he looked lost by getting the foul drawn on him, but I think he, when the foul was called, he had a look on his face like, Oh, you guys actually call that. Okay. Um, so maybe a little welcome to the NBA moment for him. Cause I know, uh, you know, those, those definitely happen your rookie year. So um, but I don't know, man. I, I think it looked great. I, the the first half we were we were solid, man. And um, you know, it's it it's Trey Young just showed last night how how elite of a player he is. And we'll get into that a little later. That's 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 you know later in the show. But man, that first half, I thought it was good. I thought it was solid. Yeah, man. I I think the, the game went pretty well. We were leading comfortably for majority of the game. Um, right. I don't I don't think the Pistons really had a chance to win. Of course, they made some runs uh, throughout the game, especially in the fourth quarter where they cut it to like six or seven points. Uh, but we pretty much kept our distance uh, and it never really got closer than like, you know, six points, right? So all in all, I think it was great. Trey, again, you know, keeping his streak alive, right? So we we, we talked about this on the post-game live show on uh, Twitter Spaces last night where, you know, hopefully – one both streaks would continue right the streak of the pistons continuing to lose i think they're at like a 
league high now, what, 24, 25 games they've lost in a row now, something like that, or, or 23. Uh, and then Trey keeping up his streak alive of 30-plus points and 10-plus assists, which he did, did again last night, finished the game with 31 and 15. Should have been 16 or 17 assists, and I feel like that's a common theme just because few guys missed a couple of uh, open looks. Uh, but, man, Trey, Trey Young has just been special. Like you mentioned, Dre has been – uh, they looked really good in his uh, two outings that since he's been back. And funny note about DeAndre Hunter, right? So last night he had 19 points, uh, 7 to 15 from the field, 5 of 6 from 3. Uh, all in all, really, really good night from, from Dre. And I feel like we've said this like all season long, right, Remek, where it's like we don't need Dre to be a 25-point-per-game score, but if he can consistently give us anywhere from like 17 to 19 points with good defense and good shooting – um, that's that's all we can ask for, and, and he did exactly that last night. And Dre actually has quietly put together arguably his best season so far up until this point. So Dre right now for his career is actually shooting a career best from three-point percentage. He's shooting at a 40% clip, almost 41% clip from distance at a career-high volume. So he's actually taken the most threes he's ever taken, and he's hitting it at a much higher rate than he's ever hit before. Uh, previously, his career high was 37.9% uh, uh, from three, and now he's shooting almost 41% on significantly higher volume. His true shooting percentage is the highest it's ever been for his career, where his true shooting percentage now is at a, um, oh God, where'd it go? True shooting percentage of 58%. So uh, that is 0.1% off of his career high from a true shooting percentage, but he's shooting a career best from the free throw line, 90% free throw shooter. He is statistically the best free throw shooter on the team right now going by the percentages. So Dre, you know, he he's quietly put together a pretty decent season. Uh, obviously, we we still see some of those inconsistencies where he might put up like six or seven points on some nights and then follow it up with, you know, a 19-point barrage like he did last night. But this is the DeAndre Hunter that we need. If, in fact, you know, Coach Quinn and this front office want to keep Dre, because it is hard to find, you know, really elite wings in this league, right? They're, they're really uh, far and few between. And Dre does have the closest thing to that stereo kind of like prototypical uh, wing mold, right? Where he's at 6'7", 6'8", 220-ish pounds, got good length, got good solid athleticism. Uh, and all we really need him to do is play 3 and D. If he can just play consistent, good defense night in and night out and just be more of like a catch-and-shoot type of three-point shooter, which he was last night, then I think he can be a really impactful player. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if, if this is the direction we want to go with and, you know, they want to keep him, uh, this is the role, in my opinion, that he needs to stay in is just strictly catch and shoot three and D, right? His shortcomings call come when he starts dribbling, putting the ball on the deck, trying to attack the rim, which we do need. But, you know, I think at this point we know what Dre is and that's not really his strong suit. So if we want to keep him, great. He's showing improvement from a three-point shooting percentage uh, and just more volume, which we need in a Quinn, Quinn uh, Snyder type of offense. Or I've heard some fans say that this is the perfect time to sell, right? You know, sell at the highest value because a lot of teams covet, you know, three and D wings. He brings good size, bring good brings good uh, length and shooting. That 41% three-point percentage mark is very juicy to a lot of uh, other GMs. So I don't know. I see both sides. 
Uh, so we'll see what happens. But all in all, I'm glad we got the dub. And Clint Capella also, you know, the un- unsung hero. He's been playing really solid uh, these last two outings as well. So shout out to Clint Capella. Oh yeah, no, I'm. I'm. It's like you read my mind, man. Uh, I my, my next comment when 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 it came back to me was gonna be on Clint because I was like, look, man, that dude, 17 and 15 last night. Just you know his his touch around the rim is so perplexing, and I and I do mean this as a compliment because he gets so many rebounds. But if he just had a little more touch, I swear the guy would be the Swiss Joel Embiid. He would literally average 30 and 15. He just. He, he, and that's okay. We don't, we don't need him to do that because he clearly puts up, he's on my fantasy team, man. Dude puts up 30 fantasy points every single game almost. Like he, he's a stud of a player. So, um, no, I, I, I want to give Clinton's flowers too. You know, at this point in his career, I think he's shown that it's just not part of his game. It's just not in his bag. And that's okay, man. It's, it, it, is, it is. Yeah. So, but point being, if it was in his bag, I'm telling you guys, He'd be the Swiss Joel Embiid. He he he'd be MVP talks. I'm telling you. <laughs> I mean, I I wouldn't go that far, Mac. Right, the Swiss uh Swiss Joel Embiid, uh, just because he doesn't have the dribbling or the three point shooting. But yes, I mean, if he had just better touch around the rim, he could easily be like a 16, 16 to seventeen point per game player, averaging excuse me double digit rebounds. Fun fact about Clint too, Mac. His last three games, his last three games, he's put up seventeen and fifteen. 18 and 15, 17 and 10, averaging three blocks a game. He's aver- he's hit three blocks in all three of his last games, nine blocks in total. So, and he's shooting pretty decent from the free throw line, 100% last night, 75% against the Raptors, uh, um, and se- uh, 0% from the, the second Raptors game, but I don't think he took that many free throws. So, yeah, I mean, Clint's been playing pretty solid, uh, doing exactly what he needs to do, and he's actually – if my eyes don't deceive me, he's been finishing a lot better at the rim as of late. So hopefully that keeps up. Oh, yeah. No, no, Definitely, definitely want to acknowledge Clint's uh, play of late. Hopefully he can keep it up, man, because if we want to win games, we're going to need Clint Capella to play like that. So, um, but last last little comment on the Pistons game before we get into the, to the next thing. Definitely want to give Cade Cunningham some flowers. It was nice to see the young man have a big game, even though it was at the, the, uh, the cost of the Atlanta Hawks. At least it wasn't in a loss. But uh, you know, he's a guy that I was decently high out of high on coming out of Oklahoma State. So it was just nice to see him have a good game. But there was somehow still a better player on the floor last night than Cade Cunningham. And that was Mr. Trey Young. And Trey Young, again, as we both have said, is an elite player. The all-star argument is there. We're going to make it right now. And I I think my argument is that he is the best offensive player in the league. And some people, offensive point guard, rather, I, I know. Sometimes people will say Embiid or Jokic or whatever. And, and look, man, it's 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 like weight classes for fighting, right? It's like, of you know, you can't say the heavyweight and, and you know, the, gosh, I don't even know the, the lowest. Featherweight, lightweight. Yeah, yeah. they're, they're going to have different fighting styles, man. It's just so I don't think that's necessarily a fair comparison. But when it comes to point guards, Trey Young is the best offensive point guard in the league. I know Tyrese Halliburton is having an, an incredible year. And I don't, I'm not trying to take that away from him at all because – he is having an incredible year. But when has he done this year in and year out like Trey Young has? That's that's my most solid argument. It's like if Tyrese Halliburton is doing this three or four years down the road, like Trey Young has done the last three or four years in the league being this elite offensive point guard, then hey man, let's have that talk. But it hasn't happened yet, so we're not gonna have that talk. <laughs> Trey Young is the best offensive point guard in the league. I mean, look at all of his numbers, man. He's first in points per game in the East, 
or or in the league rather for uh, for point guards. He's second in the league in assists per game, just behind uh, Tyrese Halliburton. And I'm gonna tell you right now, I don't watch as much Tyrese as I do Trey. Not even gonna act like I do. Obviously, we cover the Hawks. I, I watch every single game, right? Tyrese Halliburton's uh, assists that I've seen, at least in the Pacers game I watch. They're not these passes that just blow you away, man. He just finds the open guy. They make the pass. I mean, they make the shot. The Pacers have a great offense. They're having a historically great offense, actually. A historically bad defense as well. So it's a little funny over there in Indiana right now. But um, point being is Trey Young's passing ability, like, dude, six of his 12 assists in a game will be could be top 10 highlights on SportsCenter that night. Like, his, his court vision is bar none in the league. And his combination of his scoring and passing is bar none in the league to anyone right now. And it's becoming, I know you tweeted out last night, his 30-point games and 10-plus assists in, in a game. He's at, what, like 86 for his career right now or something? And he's done it in six seasons or whatever it is, and everybody else is in the teens of, of their seasons. Like, I'm just saying, man, this this dude is an elite offensive player, and he's going to go down as probably – you know, one of the top five greatest offensive point guards in the last 50 years. So, yeah, yeah easily, easily. I mean, and I've said this for, for a couple of seasons now, but, and, and like, I don't consider like the closest person you could get is probably like James Harden. Uh, but James Harden really is a two guard. So when you think of like traditional point guards, like your Steph Curry's, your Kyrie Irving's, your, you know, players of that nature, Steve Nash's, they're really great at one or the other, right? They're either a really dy- like really great dynamic scorer like Steph Curry or Damian Lillard, or they're really, really good passers like, you know, Steve Nash and, you know, John Stockton, guys like that, right? But we've never seen a player, uh, a point guard of that size really dominate on both aspects of both playmaking and his ability to just have crazy scoring capabilities. And that's Trey Young, right? I mean, like you mentioned, you referenced the tweet that I put out earlier today. Trey Young is fourth all time in most 30 point plus, uh, 30 plus point games and 10 assist games for his career. The only three players ahead of him right now, Mac, are James Harden at number one, LeBron James, and Russell Westbrook. And all of those guys are vets. They've been in the league for 15-plus years. Trey's only been in the league for six seasons, and he's already top four in 30 and 10 games. Let me read the exact number. James Harden's number one. He has 101 games of, of 30 and 10 for his career. He's in his 15th season. LeBron James, he's in his 21st season, 97 games. Russell Westbrook, 16th season, 84 games. Trey Young, only in his sixth season at age 25, has 68 games where he's already had 30 and 10 games. And if he keeps up this pace, uh, he could probably pass James Harden within like the next three, three seasons easily, right? He's almost already at 70, and I'm willing to bet by the end of this season, he's probably going to have like you know, five to 10 more games, you know, 10, he may, I mean, honestly, at this rate, he's already hit five in a row. It's very possible that he has like 10 or 15 more games of 30 and 10 on the low end. He could even honestly have like 20 more games of this, right? But let's just keep it conservative. And let's say 10 more games or 15 more games. He's already going to be right at Russell Westbrook's mark at 84 of third all time. And he's only going to be 13 behind LeBron James. Uh, by the end of the season. That's if he only has like 10 to 15 or more of these types of games. 
if he keeps up this trajectory, which obviously he's not going to score 30 and 10 every single night for the remainder of the season, but we have what, uh, 52-ish games left of the season so far, even in just half of those games, 25, whoo, boy, if he hits 25 of those, we're looking at uh, 92, 93 games, only four behind LeBron James. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, in the next two seasons, that's going to be my prediction. In the next two seasons, by the end of this season and a full next season next year, as long as he stays healthy and he doesn't get hurt, he's going to already be number one all time uh, of 30 and 10 games, which is just ridiculous at his size, 6'1", 170 pounds soaking wet. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's nutty to think about. And uh, people need to put some respect on this man's name. Dude, that's why that's why I started smiling so big. I was like, I cannot believe the level of hate and disrespect this man gets when he, when you have numbers like that. Like that's not even the only crazy stat that you could have these numbers to just back up that Trey Young is just an elite player. Because like, real quick about James Harden, right? Like when he was at his peak, like when he was you know MVP 2017, you know, and and you know, killing it in Houston, right? I remember. Any anything you watched about the NBA, whether it was ESPN, Bleach Report, whatever, it's like, is James Harden one of the greatest offensive players of all time in the NBA? And the consensus at that point was that, yeah, it's crazy, man. But yeah, prime Harden, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So so point being is that Harden has, you know, you know, all these uh, what'd you say, 101 games at 30 and 10? Mm-hmm. Right. And 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 that's in you know 15 seasons. Dude, I, he's going to shatter that. He's going to shatter. Add, he's going to shit on that. So, like, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's At this point, you just got to laugh at it, man. You just got to laugh at it. Because it, it's like, uh, it reminds me of uh, myself in middle school when I used to hate Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. And it's like, oh, they suck. And it's like, no, they don't suck. You just don't like them. <laughs> like, exactly. So, exactly. Like, and also, just, just for additional context, Mac, like, a lot of players, the, the lazy narrative is like the no defense and his team doesn't win, right? Aside from the, the 2021 season where we made the ECF and we just went on a tear, people are going to say, that was a fluke. Look at the last two years. They were a play-in team, got knocked out in the first round. This year, there are four games under 500, so he doesn't play winning basketball. It's all empty stats, this and that. Um, and it's just like with no context, yes, like I could see at a very surface level, why people would go to that narrative. The defensive narrative has already been shut down. Like he's for his size, like he is playing good defense and he's nowhere close to being the worst defender in the league, even for his size. Um, so I think that's already put to rest. But like when you look at all these other point guards that that have like championships or that have made deep playoff runs multiple times or any star player for that matter, right? Like Steph Curry, KD, uh, Kyrie Irving, LeBron James, like all these guys, Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid's played with multiple All-NBA players and All-Stars, and he still can't even get out the second round just one time. But when you look at Trey, like for his career, he's never had an All-NBA teammate. Like even Luka Doncic, and this isn't me like, you know, uh, pooping on Luka because he's a great player, right? He's one of the best players in the league. I love Luka's game, right, from a Hawks standpoint. But like he's already played with multiple All-NBA players, uh, and Kyrie Irving and, and Chris Stapps Porzingis and players like that. And he still made it just as far as Trey in his postseason career. And so Trey's just still – I know we made the DeJounte move and we're, we've tried to get better talent around him, like getting uh, kind of Gallinari on the tail end of his career. We picked up Bogey, which was a great addition. But he still hasn't really had that, like, 
superstar teammate to really team up with to take this team to the next level. Um, and, and when you look at some of these other top guys, like they've had elite talent around them, uh, like the guys I mentioned, right? Steph Curry playing with KD and prime Clay Thompson and prime Draymond Green, you know, LeBron James, prime D-Wade, Chris Bosh, et cetera. So it's just, I, I think, and Trey's doing all of this with, like I said, like barely any All-Stars. The only All-Star he's played with is DeJounte Murray, and DJ's only made one All-Star appearance for his career. So, like, I think if we do bolster the roster, we do get better talent and get, like, a top, like, you know, 20-player paired with Trey, then I think this team could be serious. But, yeah, I mean, Trey's just been great, and it, it sucks to see, like, the national narrative saying, like, oh, he puts up empty stats and he can't defend. It's just lazy and stupid at this point. Yeah, no, it, it is lazy, man, because yeah, amongst guards who average 20-plus points in the league, Trey's actually fifth in steals right now. So, you know, you 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 make up what you will with that stat, people. Um, but yeah, no, we uh we're we're incredibly lucky to have this man in our city, and I just just pray we get to hold on to that guy forever. Because if we do bolster the roster, like you said, I I think he has proven, man, that like even in the postseason when you know when things got tough and and he needed to play you know clutch minutes for lack of a better term, there he played well, right? Like th- these play-in games, like let's not downplay the intensity of these play-in games that Trey Young is three and zero in. All right, like the, you know he he steps up to the plate when the plate is there for him to step up to. All right, um, we just need somebody else that can step up whenever Trey maybe be ha- is having an off night. You know, the best players of all time have off nights, man. Like it happens. So, um, but I couldn't agree with you more. Trey's an elite player. We we get another elite player with him, and we'll. We'll, uh, we'll make some noise for sure. Um, but we'll wrap up this episode on this. We got uh, three games coming up before we'll probably record our next. That's going to be at Houston, at Miami, and versus Memphis. Um, I do I do like our chances in all three. Uh, I, I think we could, could win all three. I know Houston and Miami both have winning records. Houston looks a little better than I think some people were expecting. Um, but us being back in Houston, I don't know if you guys remember – but last year in Houston was probably one of the most embarrassing games I think I've ever watched as an Atlanta Hawk fan um, when the very lowly Rockets last year beat us. And DeJounte Murray slapped Jabari Smith on the top of the head, and they were John after the game. And it was just not a great look, man, especially since we took that loss uh, back to Atlanta with us. So with all that being said, I actually think the Hawks really want some revenge here in Houston coming up tomorrow night. So uh, don't be surprised if, if you know – a very inexperienced uh, Houston team who I know has Fred Van Fleet now, and and we want to act like Fred Van Fleet is is you know a combination of Chris Ball and Michael Jordan at times. I swear, you know the 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 respect the the media gives him compared to Trey Young, it's wild to me. But whatever, that's that's a different conversation. Um, but yeah, no, I I think some revenge may be in play here for that Houston game. So I like our chances in that one. Miami is always a good game. You know, it's it's a division rival. It's a team that. At the end of the day, you know, we're gonna we're gonna put up a good shot against them no matter what. And Memphis, you know, they're they're kind of struggling this year. So I, I they do have Jaw back though. So Jaw did is making is gonna be back for that game. They, okay, okay, okay. Jaw will be back. Obviously, that changes a lot of things with Jaw being back. Um, but even even with Jaw, I wouldn't be surprised if he has a little bit of rust. You know, it has been a while, so um it's still a game, especially at home, that I think we could easily win. Uh, you know, so I, I like our chances in all three. I don't, we probably will not win all three, but I do looking, looking at it, 
like projecting it, right? I'm like, all right. Yeah, it's, it's definitely these are, these are games that I'm like, dude, there's no way we're winning that one, right? So yeah. I, I, I think we have a chance in all three, for sure. For sure. Also, fun fact, like, just because, like, people always say, like, Trey's an inefficient shot chucker, this and that. Um, I don't know if pe- the listeners will know this, but Trey Young right now, right, even with his terrible start to the season, like his first, like, 10 games, he shot the ball just – absolutely the worst I've ever seen for his career. But even with that abysmal start since then, uh, it's it's really evened out his averages. But Trey Young right now has a 37.8% three-point percentage, right? That is higher than players like uh, Shy Gilgis Alexander, higher three-point percentage than him. He has a higher three-point percentage than Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, Nikola Jokic, uh, Damian Lillard, um, so players like that, right? So when you think of players like Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, Damian Lillard, no one ever says they're inefficient shot chokers, but yet Trey Young has a better three-point percentage than all of those players that I just listed, SGA. Um, so hey, the, the proof is in the pudding. Trey Trey's making a case, hopefully, like his numbers absolutely warrant an all-star like appearance, like averaging 28.1 points per game. Uh, 11 assists per game no other players doing that like no other player Tyrese Halliburton's the closest thing with 11.9 assists but he's not averaging nearly enough points as Trey um so hey I just wanted to end it on that no I thought that'd be a fun little tidbit right he's shooting better than Dame uh SGA Donovan Mitchell Jason Tatum so it's funny it's funny how narratives work and how the goalposts move when when they talk about certain players but hey hopefully Trey can keep this up if Trey can continue and sustain this level of play all for the remainder of the season. Cause we've seen Trey go on hot streaks where he goes on like, and he shoots the ball really well, but then it'll kind of come back down as the course of the season progresses. But usually that picks up like post all-star break. And then it finishes like towards the end of the season. He's doing it at a much earlier rate this season compared to his previous season. So if he plays at this level, which I think he can, because that is that Quinn Snyder, I guess, confidence that he's instilled in him, then we have a chance to, like, honestly be competitive in every single game, especially with Jalen Johnson coming back. And if we do make a move and upgrade the roster like a Pascal Siakam or someone like that, then this team this team can make some noise. So we'll leave it at that. But, um, yeah, I just thought I'd educate some of the listeners with with that stat. I love it, man. That's what we got to do. We got to educate people, you know. That's, that's what we're here for. Um, but like you said, man, we'll, we'll get you guys out of here on that. As always, thank you guys for the support for the podcast. Be sure to check it out on all platforms. Uh, thank you as well for the following on on the both accounts on Instagram and Twitter. Be sure to follow if you haven't. As as Alex mentioned, that's where we'll do some post game spaces. Uh, those those get pretty fun sometimes, man. So definitely check those out. Uh, be sure to check out our website as well, HawksFanTV.com. That's where you'll find all of our articles and other cool content as well. And just cannot thank you guys enough for the support. And as always, go Hawks, baby. Go Hawks.